0: morning, everybody. Glad you're here on this beautiful day, June. Come on, let's stand up. Sing to the Lord. Zach leads us. Here we go. We
1: need no other hiding place. Our hope is safe in your name. This we know. This we know promise never to forsake what you began you will sustain this we know this we know I will call upon the Lord
2: for He alone is strong enough to say. Jesus Christ has broken every chain.
3: no sweeter name. There is also no more powerful name. There is no other name that when spoken can bring peace to our hearts, comfort to our souls. But there is also no other name that when spoken makes demons tremble and darkness flee. We speak the name Jesus this morning. Thank you that we have your name to declare loudly in our lives, in our homes, in this place. We praise you and we thank you today, Jesus, for your presence. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. So glad you're here today, everybody. I'm Billy. I'm the worship pastor. What a sweet time to just come into God's presence today and thank him for all he's done. Call on him and um, just uh, just thank him. Uh, I was, I love Sundays. Sundays are just a good perspective day. It just sets our perspective straight part of things that, uh, God sets our perspective straight on is loving him and loving each other. That's the greatest commandment in the Bible in Matthew 22, where Jesus told us to love God and love each other. One of the ways that we love each other is doing uh, just a short handshake and say, hello and good morning to somebody around you. So let's practice what Jesus taught us to do. Say hi to somebody. Thanks.
4: Uh, If you've been around Hopevale for a while, then you know that Bible Camp every summer is a big deal. Um, And this year, with the emphasis on families, um, it's an even bigger deal. So, just want to encourage you, if you haven't signed up yet, either for your family to participate or for you to volunteer. You probably saw the booth out in the lobby as you came in. Stop there on your way out today. Make sure you get signed up for Bible Camp for Summer FX Well, if you're new here, uh, I want to introduce myself to you. My name is Paul. I am one of the pastors here at Hopevale. It's a privilege to have you with us this morning. And if you're new, I have a favor to ask of you. On your way in, you were probably handed a bulletin, which has a little tear-off card. If you would take time, you can do that right now while I'm talking. Tear off that card, fill it out. You can drop it in the offering plate in just a moment. Or even better yet, if you wait till after the service and take that card out to the welcome desk out in the lobby, there are folks there that would love to welcome you more fully they have a free gift for you and they can answer any questions you might have about Hopevale. really we just want you to know that we're glad you chose to join us this morning the ushers are going to come forward and prepare to receive our morning offering and while they do that i just want to remind all of us who are members at hopevale that today is the day where we need you to vote uh, for the budget for uh, new elders that are joining our team starting in July, and for church officers, we just completed our annual business meeting last week. So if you are a member and you haven't voted yet, if you could stop in the hub, which is that room over on this side of the lobby right after the service and cast your vote, that would be great, we would appreciate that. And I have to say, going through the process for the first time here at Hope Veil, all the prep work, digging into the financials to get ready for the business meetings and just to be able to see on paper, the faithfulness of you god's people um i maybe i don't need to remind us but everything that god is doing in and through this church is made possible by your generosity and so we just want to say thank you let's pray lord as billy said it is good to gather on sundays and we um, appreciate the privilege that it is to be your church we thank you for being present here today Uh, receive lord our offerings that we are about to give um, we give them because we love you and because we believe in what you are doing through this church in the great lakes bay region and we want to participate in that thanks lord we give the rest of this service to you and we pray in christ's name amen
0: amen thank you pastor paul so friends um there's nothing like coming home uh, to that place in your heart where God uh, resides. And there's nothing, sometimes there's nothing like coming home to a physical space. And it's a sweet time uh, to do that. And so if you were here last week, you know that uh, Pastor Mike Garner is preaching with us uh, for the month of June. And it's fantastic to have him back. And if you are part of Hopevale, uh, you know this lady right here too, Rhonda Garner. <laughs> It's so sweet to have both of them back to their one of their homes. I mean, they were here for 18 glorious years of ministry and God's called them away to do some other things and they're sort of in between assignments so they can come and be a blessing here with us today. And we, I've asked Rhonda to sing this song. Uh, if She starts crying, uh, <laughs> so let's sing for her. <laughs> so uh, Rhonda, why don't you go ahead and say Thank say you, Billy, wants, that yeah. may
3: happen, so <laughs> do it. Um, last week, Destiny uh, introduced this song, Defender. And I'm telling you, the words of this song is hitting really on home base for me right now. Um, As believers in Christ, we've chosen to give our lives to Christ. We entered a battle when we did that with our enemy, with God's enemy, and that battle has been going on against mankind since Genesis three. But we're in it because Jesus is our savior. But let me tell you something. There is a whole list of things Satan is, he hates about us. He rages against us. He stands day and night accusing aggressively about us. He's asking to hurt us. He is so awful. And we bear those wounds. We do in our life. I know every one of you can look at a time in your life when you know that this was not good. But let me tell you something. God allows those things to build our faith, but he loved us so much, John three sixteen, that he sent his son, because he loved us, to die for us so Satan would be forever defeated. And when we are in the battle, our job is to pray, it's to worship, And it builds our faith to purity. And so, guys, we're going to sing this today. And I just want you, each one of you, to go into your lives and let this song minister to you. Because Jesus is our defender. He he has won the battle. So let's stand and sing this to him.
5: No. Oh.
0: that's so hard to look to you to turn to you to turn over to you today's a day you're calling us deeper and you're calling us higher through your scriptures God would you speak would you be very clear about what it is you desire from us God you hear from us what we desire from you a lot. Hopefully you do. God, we gather to listen today uh, to your scriptures taught by Pastor Mike that someone who's sat quiet with you, God, has heard from you and um, has a word for us today. God, we open ourselves up to that and we thank you for this moment in worship. It's so, so special. Thank you, God, so much for how you defend us and how you you care for us. We love you, Lord. It's in your name. As a church, we say and pray. Amen. God bless you, friends. Go ahead and have a seat.
6: Mike, man, what a great time of worship, right? Isn't it good just to gather and sing praise to the Lord? I love it. Um, I failed to do something last week. So, Bay City, I am so sorry. I did not recognize you. So, let's give it up for Bay City. Come on. Yeah. Good morning, everybody in Bay City. So glad that you guys have chosen uh, to worship with us as well. And so, uh, man, it's good to be here. Um, I just want to. Uh, recap a little bit of what we talked about last week. We're in a series uh, this month uh, called Bear Fruit and looking at what it means as a disciple to bear different fruits. And so last week we looked at what it meant to love others, uh, bearing the fruit of love uh, by sacrificially loving them and serving them. And I gave you a heads up on a pop quiz that was coming. And so I did adjust it a little bit because I'm like, I don't even want to say the name of the person that I sacrificially loved. Um, so maybe you don't want to say. So here's what we're going to do. Um, if you sacrificially served or loved somebody this week, um, I want you on the count of three to shout the initial, first name, initial of that person. All right. And if you didn't do it, don't say it. All right. You don't, there's no pressure. Okay. There's no guilt trip. But let's just see how many of us had the opportunity this week uh, to uh, sacrificially love um, or serve somebody. On the count of three, you ready? Okay, four people. All right, oh, this is great. This is going to be like the most epic moment ever. All right, on three. One, two, three. Okay. Good. Okay, did you hear that? Every single voice represented another person that you loved this week. And when we talked about do what you know, uh, last week, Jesus was like, look, I want you to do as I have done unto you, and I want you to love others. Um, I want to circle back to one of the points that I made at the very end of the service when I talked about um, the different people that we're to love, people that are easy to love, people that aren't easy to love. And then the last category I said were people that don't deserve to be loved. And I talked about maybe you were in a difficult situation, an abuse situation. I've had um, several people contact me this week about that specific thing. Um, They're in an abusive situation and they're asking, how do I sacrificially love and serve that person? I wanna clarify something. Because I don't believe that in an abusive situation, your job is to keep putting yourself underneath that. I don't believe that's what the scripture's teaching. Um, I think there is um, safety and protection. You need to remove yourself from some of those, those situations and seek help and counsel. Uh, but I will say this, the counsel that I gave these people, um, even in my own life, when I've experienced those moments, I think the act of sacrificial love that we give is the act of forgiveness. Because it costs you something to forgive a person that doesn't deserve to be forgiven, right? But let me remind you that Jesus did the same for us. He died on our behalf. We did not deserve his mercy or his grace or his forgiveness, but he died in our place and he loved us and he forgave us of our sins. And so start there. That's enough. Forgive the people that have hurt you. And so I just wanted to to circle back up Back around to that because if you were walking out of here feeling like I've just got to go back and put myself under, I don't believe that's what the scripture is teaching. In fact, I would not recommend that. I would say seek help, remove yourself from abusive situations, and allow the body of Christ to help you and 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 help you heal and, and get you out of those things. And if there's ever chance for restoration, great. But at this point, I think the starting point is forgive them. It doesn't mean you gotta say everything was okay. And remember when my kids uh, were little and one would hurt the other or offend the other? And I would say, look, you need to apologize. And so one would say to the other, I'm sorry that I hurt you. And the other would typically, the first response is, it's okay. And I would say, no, it wasn't okay. And I think that's the point. We need to help each other understand that when you're in those difficult situations, if somebody, you know, Will come and ask for forgiveness. You can say, I forgive you. It doesn't make it okay. It didn't make what was done right. And I think, even in these situations when they don't seek forgiveness from you, the call of Jesus and sacrificially loving them says that we have to say, I forgive you. Even if I never see any type of repentance or I'm sorry, for my relationship with the Lord, He's called us to love. And so, That would be kind of my caveat to last week, so hopefully that helped clear up. This week, we're going to talk about um, what it means to bear the fruit of obedience, so the obedient disciple. And so we're going to look at um, this idea of Jesus' call when we look at John 14, um, him over and over saying, if you love me, you'll obey me. And so last week, part of our obedience was that we loved Somebody sacrificially, we serve them. Well, here we're gonna talk in a general sense of how we show our love to Jesus. And so my, my key thought for today is this. As disciples, we prove we love Jesus by obeying him, and here's the condition, immediately and completely. As disciples, we prove we love Jesus by obeying him immediately and completely. Completely. I'm a dad of four kids, um, all are grown, but in our child uh, rearing days, uh, there were many moments, many moments of me saying, uh, Son, daughter, do this thing. Let's pick one. Take out the trash. How about that one, right? Simple chore for a child to do, and it was an expectation of my son, and you know what? Every day. We said take out the trash. (laughs) You'd think at some point he'd get it. Just go take out the trash. No, you have to tell him to take out the trash. And so here's the process. It's like, as your dad, I've asked you to do something. I've asked you to uh, obey a command. And as a Christian young man, you're commanded to obey your parents. And so this is how it works. Take out the trash. I just want you to take out the trash. So there are several ways he could have responded to that command, right? You've all experienced it. They don't do it. That's one. Just deny the command altogether. I forgot. I didn't want to. It smelled too bad. Whatever. Another way is um, what I call delayed obedience. It's like, hey, take out the trash. Got it. An hour later, it's still right there. You're like, hey, I asked you to take out the trash. I'm going to do it. Got it. I'm going to do it. And then finally, six hours later, you know, the trash is drug outside. So I've always said to my kids, delayed obedience is disobedience. If you can't obey me when I ask you to do something, your delay is communicating something to me, a disrespect or the command or whatever. And then the last one is immediate. And it's like, hey, take out the trash, got it. They take it and they take it out. And the second phrase of that, immediately and completely, they come back and put a bag in the trash can, right? You know what I'm talking about. See, it's like, these are the things, and, and you can relate to this because Jesus is calling us as his children to take out the trash when he wants us to immediately, and he wants us to put the trash bag back in the can. He wants to do it completely, all right? So you've got this This. Imagery in your mind as we read this passage, okay? I know it's super simple, but I'm telling you, what we're going to talk about today is not rocket science. In fact, in all of my studies as a pastor, it's almost embarrassing how simple these truths are. And yet I know in my own life how difficult it is to obey Jesus immediately and completely in my life. And I'm 51 years old, I've been a pastor for 30 of those years, and I'm telling you, I still struggle in my life to obey Jesus uh, immediately and completely. Do you guys feel that way? Okay, good. Because I was like, I was feeling like I was about to take my shirt off and you guys were all just standing there fully clothed, you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm getting a little vulnerable here, and you're like, yeah, well that's tough for you, we do it all good, you know? So immediately and completely. You see, the sad truth is, in your life and in my life as believers, it's a difficult thing in our relationship with our Father to actually live out these commands that he's called us to do. Why is that? Well, it's because there is a war that is going on in our lives that we fight against the flesh, our own flesh. We fight against an enemy who wants to destroy us. And we have this battle that rages every single day in our life. And so I want to look at that. This is the tension that as believers we have to live with. We genuinely want to do good. We want to obey, and yet we find that we don't. Maybe we don't do it as quickly as we should. Maybe we don't do it as completely as we should. Take your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 7. We're going to start there to, to, to start with this morning. Romans 7 Verse 14, this is how Paul describes it in our lives, all right? He says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm of the flesh, sold as a slave to sin. For I do not understand what I'm doing, because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. You guys know Paul, right? The writer of a majority of the New Testament, super Christian, right? Loves The Father, the Son, the Spirit, he is like an anointed man. I mean, we are so thankful for Paul. This is what Paul is saying, all right? I'm hoping it helps you feel a little bit better about the struggle. He says, verse 15, I do not understand what I'm doing because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now I'm no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there is no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. This sounds like that old Laurel and Harley who's on first skit, doesn't it? Now, if I do what I do not want, I am no longer the one that does it, but it is the sin that lives in me. So, I discovered this law. This is really good. When I want to do what is good, evil is present with me. For in my inner self I delight in God's law, but I see a different law in the parts of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Who is our rescuer? Jesus. And Paul very quickly wants us to understand that there is this war that is going on within us. And it's why we struggle as believers in this this fight against obeying and disobeying. So our, our two main points today are pretty simple. As we look at this concept of obeying Jesus, the first one is this. Jesus defines for us what loving him really means. And the second thing is this, Jesus reveals to us how he will help us to actually love him. See, the good thing is he's like, I'm giving you this command, and by the way, I know you can't do it, so I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who will help you obey me. It's Man, it's like cheating, you know? It's such good news. Um, Turn your uh, your Bibles to John 14, where we're going to spend the majority of our time. John 14 is a fantastic passage. We're not going to be able to cover um, all of it. We're going to cover some specific parts of it, and a little bit in 15 and a little bit in 16. Um, but I can't go past it. I mean, John 14, 1 is like, don't let your hearts be troubled. Uh, John uh, 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give. These are like famous passages um, that we hear a lot. At funerals, I want to encourage you. Would you go and read those this week? Would you do some devotional time, reaping that passage, reading it, examining it, applying it, praying through it? Because there is Jesus gave us this wasn't a funeral passage, you know, for us. He's like, listen, I'm dying, but I'm doing this so that you'll live, and I want you to know I'm going to be with you. It's such an encouraging passage. Um, the The best verse in this whole chapter that we're not going to cover is John fourteen six. And it says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want to challenge right now, anybody in here that has never given their life to Christ, This, all that we've been talking about last week and this week, I've been talking to people who have a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know Jesus makes a proclamation about himself right here. He says he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the only way to the Father. And if you today will just trust him with your life, you will confess your sins to him, receive the gift of salvation, you will be saved. You can do that right now, right this second. Jesus, I confess my sin to you. I trust you as my Savior. Would you forgive me? And he will do that. And I pray that somebody right now is doing that. Because nothing else matters. All right? All right? So do that. All the rest of us that have trusted in Christ, I want to read through um, John 14. A couple of different uh, sections that we'll look at of what it means for us to love Jesus by obeying him immediately and completely. Look at John 14. We're going to start in verses uh, 15 through 24. He says this. Jesus says, If you love me, You will keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. What a great, encouraging verse. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. Man, that is a good, solid grip right there. I am in the Father, you are in me, and and we are in you. He says, the one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I also will love him And will reveal myself to him. Verse 23 says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine. It is from the father who sent me. And so here we've got this, these commands over and over. Jesus saying, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Those who have my command and keep them. Those are the ones that love Jesus. And then the negative he says, if you uh, don't do my commands, you don't love me. I mean, it's, it's pretty clear, right? Um, how do we show that we love Jesus? By what? Say it again. What do we do? By, um, what do we, we, how do we show Jesus that we love him? By obeying his commands. That's it. It seems pretty simple, Right? But we know that it's a struggle in our lives. There's a fight that goes on, as Paul told us. And so this is what I'm not saying. Um, We need to be careful because sometimes we'll extrapolate. Well, um, okay, well then if I love him, I will obey him. But if I don't obey him, he doesn't love me. And that's not what the text says. He's talking about this relationship that we have, this father-child relationship. And he's like, look, As you love me, the relationship that we have as believers with the Father is fully open and we fully receive the love of God. When we are in a broken relationship with our Father and we are disobedient, then we receive, which is a form of love, but we receive his discipline and our relationship is affected. And so here you see Jesus saying, if you love me, you'll obey me. And when you obey me and you show that you love me, then we love you to the full. It's just this beautiful picture. So we're not saying that God's love for us is conditional based on our love for Him. No, it's our identity is found solely in Christ and His love for us. That's it, Romans 5.8 said this, that God demonstrated His love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, we were still His enemies. Take your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter two. We're gonna read a passage here. I want you to pay attention to all of these things that we were, but what God did in light of those things, okay? Our condition, we didn't didn't fix ourselves so that God would love us. No, we were uh, in a terrible place and God loved us. Listen to this, uh, verse one of chapter two, Ephesians two. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, dead. In which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. But, verse 4, but God. I have that circled in my Bible. It's but God. Anytime you see a but God, that is like... Okay, pay attention, because there was something bad, but God did something good, all right? But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, he made us alive. Remember, we were dead. He says that he made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, I love this verse, He might display the immeasurable riches of His grace through His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. That's good stuff. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift, it is God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So then remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcised, by those called the the circumcised, which is done in the flesh by human hands. At that time, you were without Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship of Israel, foreigners to the covenants of promise. Listen, you were without hope You are without God in this world. That that is a desperate place for us to have been. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Amen. For He is our peace, who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh he made of no effect the law, consisting of commands and express and regulations, so that he might create in himself one new man from the two, resulting in peace. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. Amen. That's who we were. And some of you right now are in that same camp. You are dead in your sins. You are an enemy of God. You are, uh, you are now bound to the wrath of God. But through Jesus, we have been made alive. We were far away. We've been brought near. We've been forgiven. That's the the case of God's love for us. And I'm telling you, as a child of God, there is nothing that can separate you from his love. I mean, as a parent, when our children disobey us, we don't stop loving them. I mean, you might be mad at them. You might be disappointed. But nothing changes love. God's love is way more perfect than ours. And he loves us. So what I am saying is that the obedience of God's commands proves to Him that we love Him. It's our way of expressing our love for Him. As we mature, we should express a more timely and complete obedience to Him. I read a great quote by one of my favorite professors, Dr. Thomas Constable. He says this, The greatness of our love for God is easy to test. It corresponds exactly to our conformity to all that he has revealed. To John, there was only one test of love, and that test is obedience. It was by his obedience that Jesus showed his love of God, and it is by our obedience that we must show our love to Jesus. And so here we've got this amazing picture. Jesus is saying, this is how you show your love to me. Obey my commands. So what, what do we obey? What, what is it that he's calling us To obey. And I'm telling you, of 30 years in the ministry, I've been a Christian since I was six years old. I have unlocked this mystery. Are you ready? You're going to laugh because it's not rocket science. You're going, well, I could have done that. Here we go. Number one read the Bible. Read the Bible. And as you read it, obey. The commands that are expressed plainly, immediately and completely. Now, think about this there is enough in here to keep us occupied for the rest of our lives, right? <laughs> You don't have to wait and go to some Bible study to have some teacher tell you something or watch some preacher or come to church to hear. You as a believer can pick up his word because you have the Holy Spirit in you and you can read it and you can obey what he's commanded you. And I'm telling you, there is a lot in here. So read the Bible. Read it and as you see a command that's expressed plainly, not even the hidden ones, just the plain ones, Obey him immediately and completely. Second, gather with believers and study the Bible together. And as you come across passages, obey them immediately and completely. It's, I wanted to be sure to put this because Jesus did not save us um, and bring us into an individual Christianity, an individual relationship. He brought us into the body. And so what we do right now, this gathering of believers in large groups, um, the scattered gathering in smaller groups, there's an accountability to that. So when I'm meeting with a couple of guys, and we're studying the Word together, and I'm like, yeah, I really need to do that. Well, guess what? I can't just act like I forgot it, because the next time we meet, they're like, dude, did you do that? Quit asking me, man. You know, There's an accountability to that. And so... Don't. Uh, I wouldn't say just read the Bible by yourself. You need to do that. But I would also say do it in community because that God has used the body of Christ to help us, hold us accountable to our walk with him. So read the Bible. Gather with believers and read the Bible. And then the last one is this, pray constantly. And over and over in the scriptures, we hear this command to pray continually. Well, that's, I think that's a key aspect to our obedience. Because as we pray, it isn't just a one-way thing. It isn't just, God, help me. God, thank you for this, whatever. There needs to be time where we just close our mouths, close um, our communication that way, and listen. Listen to what God is saying to us. We listen primarily through his word, But maybe there's a situation and God's gonna bring it to your mind as you're just like, Lord, speak to me, help me. Is there a situation? Is there something? Is there unconfessed sin in my life? Show me. He will. The Holy Spirit who lives in you will reveal those things. He will remind you of things. And and that's the thing that's gonna help us stay um, in our relationship with Jesus in a more intimate way so that we can obey him in everything, to obey him immediately and to obey him completely. And so the great news about this, I mean, that's a challenging thing. I mean, if we just left here today and said, let's, let's read our Bibles and obey what we're, we're, what we're seeing. If we gather with other believers and read the scriptures and obey what we see. And if we pray and listen to the Spirit, and as he convicts us of things, we obey him. That's enough, right? I mean, I could, I could close my notes and go, let's pray because that's enough. But here is just this incredible gift. Jesus gives us this command to obey him. He says, but, 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 I want you to know something. I'm, I realize it's going to be tough to do. And so I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And so I want to look at just a, a select verses in chapter 14, 15, and 16. All right? So in chapter 14, uh, starting in verse 16, it says this. Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. Look over at verse 26. It says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. That's good. Look at verse 26. 26 of chapter 15, he says, When the counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, that one, he will testify about me. Verse 7 of chapter 16, he says, I'm telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. I mean, the disciples were like, You can't leave. We need you here. We need your help. And he's like, I'm telling you, me leaving means that the Spirit gets to come. He says, I'm telling you the truth, it is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because they don't believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father and you will no longer see me. And about judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Verse 13, he says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His own. He will speak whatever He hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me. Over and over, we see these things that the Spirit is going to do. So here's, here's five things about the Holy Spirit. One. We see in verse 16 of chapter 14 that the Holy Spirit is God. He says, I'm going to send you another counselor. That Greek word for another, um, we just have another in English. But in Greek, there's several meanings. So there's like another of a different kind and another of the same kind. And Jesus chose that one, the another of the same kind. He's like, I and the Father am one. We're equal deity-wise, I submit to him, but we're going to send the Spirit. And by the way, he's another counselor. He's another one exactly like me, exactly like the Father. We're all equal, and he proclaimed the deity of the Holy Spirit. And that's authority, right? I mean, so now it's like, I'm going to send you the Spirit, but listen, you got to listen to him just like you would listen to me, just like you would listen to the Father. That's good. So the Holy Spirit is God. The second thing is this, the Holy Spirit is in us permanently. I mean, think about all the times you read in the Old Testament, Anytime it talks about the Spirit of God, and you know, prophets would have this temporary feeling, filling. Um, there would be moments where the Spirit would come, but every time the Spirit left. And Jesus says in verse 16 of chapter 14, I'm going to send you another counselor, and he will be with you forever. He doesn't leave us. We have the Holy Spirit forever in us. What an awesome truth to know. The third thing is it says that the Holy Spirit in all these verses, listen, he's our counselor. He's our helper. He's our advocate, like, like, a, like an attorney, like a legal assistant. He's a, our strengthener. He's our consoler. He's our encourager. Actually, the word for the Holy Spirit is in Greek is Parakaleo, and it means uh, the one that's called alongside of somebody that, that comes beside you to do all of these things in and through us. And as he is those things, these are the things he will do. He says that he will live in us forever. He will teach us. He will remind us of Jesus' words. He will testify about Jesus. He will help us to hear and believe Jesus. He will help us testify about Jesus. He will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. He's gonna guide us into all truth. He is gonna speak. Only the word of the Father, just as Jesus spoke the words of the Father. He's going to declare what is to come, and it's, Jesus said, He will glorify me. These are awesome truths about the Holy Spirit, and there are more in the New Testament. In First and Second Corinthians, we see that the Holy Spirit is one who sanctifies us, who is making us more like Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4, we see that the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us spiritual gifts and helps us through the ministry that he's called us to. In um, Romans 5, it says that the Holy Spirit is one who imparts love to us. In Romans 15, it says that the Spirit gives us hope. In Acts one eight, it says that the Spirit is the one who empowers us to share the gospel. And one of my favorite ones is in Romans eight, where it says the Holy Spirit not only hears us and guides us in our prayers, but that He also prays for us. Guys, we are being prayed for right now by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that comforting? I mean, what I don't know what's going on in your life, He does. And he is right now purposefully praying the will of the Father over your life. Right now. Man. We need to understand the the gift that we have in the Holy Spirit. He is a gift to us. Don't miss this. Jesus told his disciples it was a good thing that he went away. So that he could allow the Spirit to come. He is a precious gift to us as believers. He indwells us, he helps us, he gifts us, he empowers us, he comforts us, he enlightens us, he reminds us, he convicts us. Thank you Jesus for the Holy Spirit. Amen? So what do we do with all this? There's a lot. I think three things that we can walk away. One is this. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, Obey Jesus in every way possible, immediately and completely, to express how much we truly love him. Last week, we picked one specific thing, loving somebody sacrificially. This week, I'm opening up the book. There are things that Jesus has called you to do. There are things, maybe good things, maybe hard things. Maybe he's convicted you of an error in your life. My challenge this week is to obey Jesus immediately and completely. Don't wait till Thursday. Right now. Begin the process of obeying Jesus and then see it to the end. Put the trash bag in the can, okay? Make it happen. The second thing is this. Embrace the tension of wanting to obey and yet struggling with sin. This is, you know, when you talk about salvation, there's like three parts to salvation. Justification, which is uh, when you give your life to Christ, that's being saved from the penalty of sin in our life. Then we move into this section that all of us are in, which is the process of sanctification. Working out our salvation right now. And sanctification is being saved from the power of sin in our life. Someday we'll be glorified. We'll be saved from the presence of sin, and that's going to be an awesome day. Can't wait for that. But right now in this process of sanctification, we've got to embrace the war that is going on. It's not ever going to stop. But what I I pray is true of us. I'm I'm not God. You're not God. We can't be sinless. But as we grow in Christ, as we obey Him immediately and completely... As we continue to surrender ourselves to him every day, we won't be sinless. But as we mature, we can sin less. And that's the goal. Become more like Jesus in your life. And that's his amazing grace. It's not a license to sin. It doesn't mean, oh, well, since it's there, I'm just going to give it. No, I don't want to downplay that. He has called us to holiness. But I want to acknowledge that the struggle is real. And that we have the Holy Spirit who can empower us to overcome sin in our lives. We won't be perfect at it. But I pray that this time next year, like next June, you're like some of those areas in your life that you were struggling with, God has um, just empowered you and you've overcome those sin patterns in your life. It should be the pattern. So what we're going to talk about next week, about bearing fruit. The last thing is be filled with, be led by, and walk with the Spirit. Next week when we look at John 15, we're going to look at Galatians 5 again and talk a little bit more about this battle between the flesh and the Spirit. And what does it mean for us to bear fruit? Some of the the basic ones are just the the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Man, if we could get those nine down, that'd be pretty good, right? I think that'd make Jesus happy. It's like, wow, you got those nine down. Good job. And I can honestly say I'm I'm still struggling on some of those. And I think that's the the part of sanctification. So next week we're going to look at John 15 um, and talk about what it means to bear fruit. So let me pray for us as we walk out of here with with those challenges. One, obey Jesus immediately, immediately and completely. But know that he sent the Holy Spirit to help you actually do it. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your love and your mercy. Thank you for the gift that we have, of your Spirit, who loves us, who has empowered us, who wants to give us victory in areas of sin in our lives. And so we thank you for his power. We thank you for the conviction that we have from him. I pray that this week you would just plague us with areas in our life that we could obey you. Just pour it on us and then help us to respond in obedience in Jesus name. Amen. It's
0: a good word. Hard to do it. <laughs> He's like, obey immediately. Like I can't struggle with it. Hey, let's stand friends. We got this great song to sing. We've been singing it for a little while. And, uh, I think this is awesome because, uh, I think the hardest times to be obedient sometimes are when things are going really tough and uh, we all face tough stuff. We all face things in our lives, the obstacles that make us make it. So uh, we're just doing our own thing and trying to solve problems on our own. But I think if you worship through things, God just works through things and brings a calm and a peace and a, um, a proud, uh, father, uh, view of, of your obedience. So, Let's practice that right now. Let's worship through things. Take a Mark.
6: just did it again we just said we're gonna do it right so let's leave here today number one with the heart the desire to obey jesus and everything completely immediately and then let's just trust that the god who's never left us the holy spirit who lives in us is going to empower us to do what he's called us to do right let's be the church this week love you guys see you next week